Turn to John 14, please, this morning. John 14. Can you take some more? You know, it's one thing about the Word. You can't overdose on it. (laughs) Some things, you know, you get too much of it's harmful to you, but not the Word of God. No such thing as being too encouraged. (laughs) Is there? You never somebody came to encourage you and you said, no, no, look, I've had all the encouragement I want. I just, no, no such thing as being too up, too much joy, too much peace, too much faith. No such thing. No, there's a lot of people deficient and lacking, but no such thing as somebody with too much. And all that comes from his word. The peace, the joy, the life, the strength, the grace, the faith, the word of grace gives us all of this. John 14 And 21, Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. He that loves me shall be loved of my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. God is love. Notice he says, he that loves me will keep my words and I will love him. Well, didn't he already love you? Does he love you even if you don't do his commands? Yeah. Then why say it like this? Because there's a difference between him loving you and him manifesting his love to you. Ah, (laughs) Proverbs says, if a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. The master said here in John as well, in the 13th chapter, he talked about that uh, if you love him and you keep his commands, that you'll abide in his love. Just like Jesus said, I have abode in the Father's love. What does that mean? Abide. Abide means live in. Dwell in. We're talking about living in manifested love. Living in manifested God. This is life. This is not just existing. This is the zoe eternal life you can live in now here right now I've experienced greater degrees of this in my own life at times sometimes than others there have been times that I've drawn closer to the Lord and actually you could say it like this loved him more I know we don't like to say it that way but it's just the truth loved him more sought him more Obeyed him more fully, more constantly. And I'm telling you, I remember one time I was coming back on the plane from another country. This has been several years ago. And I was thinking, Lord, we had had miracles. We had had amazing things happen in the services. A lot of people got saved. A lot of people got healed and delivered. And I was just sitting there as a commercial airliner years ago. And I was just sitting there saying, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for using me. Just a dumb little country boy like me. Taking me over there and speaking through me and using me. Thank you. 
thank you, thank you, thank you. Of course, it was a long flight, and I'm, I had plenty of time to do it. And I got quiet, and I'm looking out the window, and he said, thank you. Uh, first, I want to say, am I hearing right? You know, He said, thank you for going. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for obeying. And he didn't just say it to me. I felt it. I don't know how to tell you any other way. When the love of God comes on you, the grass is greener. The sky is bluer. Are you listening? There's nothing like it. There's no drug that can approximate it. No high from alcohol or owning something or sex. There's nothing that compares to the manifested love of God. I remember one of the first times I experienced this love to a larger degree. I was in school at Raymond when we first got there. I was in the floor praying about some situations. And somebody came on my heart. A lady came up on my heart and some problems she was having. And I knew about them. And so I'm praying about that. And I'm flat out in the floor in our kitchen late at night, my nose in the carpet. And just praying. And the Lord helped me to pray for her. And the way he'll do it, you know, when we say somebody came up on my heart, what happens is the compassion of the Lord goes out towards them. You remember Jesus talking about in his life, he was moved with compassion. That same compassion is in you that was in him. The love of God, it's his love, is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And so the love of God just came up in me toward that sister. And I prayed and I believed the Lord to help me to pray for her, what she needed and what needed to happen. And the love of God just came up in me. And after I had prayed for her a little bit, the love of God came on me. Ah, I just melted. And I lay there and didn't know where to laugh or to cry or both at the same time. And this is what I said. This is where I want to stay forever. <laughs> this is where I want to live. You know, it's not living in a geographic location. That's the big deal. And the Lord revealed to me, He said, this is where you'll live forever. This is the environment of glory. This is the atmosphere of heaven. You remember reading in the scripture, we won't need a sun to shine on us. Because the Lamb is the light. The Lamb is love. God is love. We're going to exist. I don't guess we'll breathe like we breathe now. But if there's any breathing involved, you'll be breathing love. (laughs) There won't be any sunlight shining on your face to even burn you and give you a suntan or give you a wrinkle. But there will be light shining on you and it's love. Oh, glory to God. You'll move in love. You'll walk in love. you think in love. Love is sad that the world has diminished that word to mean such pitiful little things. People talk about they love pizza and they love their car. They love this. They don't even know what love is. God is love. You see a lot of people, men and women, they're embarrassed or ashamed to say the word love. And to try to say, we need major mind renewal about what love is. Exactly who love is. But this is talking about loving Him and Him loving us 
And what happens if we love him and we keep his words and do what he says? He will love us and will manifest himself to us. Jesus said it. Am I looking at red letters right here in the New Testament? Jesus said, I will love him and will manifest myself to him. What did the Amplified say? Put it up again for us, guys. Amplified. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. I am in faith on this verse. Are you with me? If not, will you join me? I am standing expecting him to manifest himself to us. I'm purposed by his grace. I'm going to do what he said. I'm going to keep his words. Now that's no small thing. That's what we got to spend most of our time on. We don't have to tell him how to manifest himself. We don't need to remind him, Lord, you need to manifest yourself. We don't have to work on his part. His part's perfect. We need to work on our part, knowing, keeping, doing what he said. But as he helps us to do that, I am in faith, convinced, persuaded, and expecting that he will manifest himself to me to you, to us as a church, in our services, at home. Now, not if he does, as he does, we need to understand how it's going to happen. Now, we're never going to know all the details. And a lot of things will be a surprise to us, like we talked about. But the principle is in the Word. The main principles of how it happens. Go with me to the fifth chapter that we were studying in last Sunday as we zipped through the book of John. (laughs) We got all the way down, I don't know, 17 or along in there. The man at the pool of Bethesda was healed supernaturally, say supernaturally, Supernaturally. through Jesus. And the beginning of the chapter was about a supernatural event, wasn't it? Five porches of sick people hanging out around the pool. Why? I mean, this is not a fairy tale. This is historically accurate, correct account and event. If you'd have driven by there, on your donkey, you'd have seen masses of people out there. And if you were new to town, you'd think, what are all those? And as you got closer, you'd see all of them are sick. They're crutches, they're bandages, they're people with growths, deformities, and I mean not just 10 or 12 of them, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of them. Five different huge covered areas. And I guess people beyond that. And you'd, if you were new to town, you'd just be amazed. You'd think, what are all these sick people doing outside there around that pool? And some local person would tell you, well, this is an interesting thing. Ever so often, nobody really knows when or how. That water starts stirring around in there. And whoever sick person first jumps in, it doesn't make any difference what's wrong with them. 
They get healed. Do you believe that or not? It's Bible. The Bible is full of miracles, isn't it? I mean, from the beginning when God said, light be, all the way to the book of Revelation, miracles, 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 supernatural things. Now, what is supernatural? Supernatural is supernatural. It's above the natural. It's beyond the natural. It's not natural. In the word, New Testament, you see the word flesh contrasted with spirit. You also see the word carnal. And the word carnal, you know, the root of it is akin to the word uh, carny for flesh or meat. Flesh means just what we think of when we think meat. And it refers to this, flesh. This is our external shell. This is not us. There's a lot more to us than our shell. There's a lot more to us than a body. And yet, most people, including most Christians, their total awareness is around this. What you see physically, hear physically, smell physically, touch, taste Physically, perceive physically, this is all the world they know. Isn't it? I'm talking about the vast majority of church-going people. This is your whole world. But Jesus operated in an awareness of spirit. Didn't he? He was aware of angels. He was aware of demons. He was aware of human spirits. Most of all, he was aware of the Father. Wasn't he? Oh, glory to God. And he operated and lived, even though he's in a flesh body just like you and I, he lived a spiritual life. And this life is not unattainable to us. We're called to this life in this life, in this time. Do you believe you could live a spiritual life and be aware of spiritual things instead of just being natural? Well, when we're talking about the Lord manifesting himself to us, this is exactly what we're talking about. Because God is spirit, isn't he? The Holy Spirit is spirit. His holy angels are spirits. So when he manifests himself to us, What's going to be manifested to us? Spirit. Spirit. So we best get ready for spiritual manifestations as God reveals himself to us. I mean, there's a whole lot of people. I mean, imagine that. You're sitting around that pool. There's not a breeze blowing. It's still. It's calm. It looks like a mirror. All at once. You look around. The trees aren't moving. There's no wind. There's nothing in the pool making it do that that you can see. To a lot of people, this is freaky. And to a lot of people, it's just beyond. They're like, oh, no, 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 that's too far out. No. And if that happened in their church, man, they'd leave. They'd be in therapy for a long time (laughs) after they found a new church. 
And with the, you know, with a lot of churches, they believe in this in the Bible. They believe in it on paper. Just don't let it happen with us <laughs> in our midst. God has us on a path toward this. And as we keep going, more and more things will happen. And they won't be natural. We've had some. Every one of these healings we hear about. I mean, no, that's not natural. That's supernatural. And you think about first one in. I don't care if they had growths in their body, if they were eat up with cancer, if they had deformities. First one in. Boom. Just like that. The growths are gone. Organs are healed. Legs are made strong and straight. Blood is cleansed. And they pop out of there and go, ta-da, I'm healed, I'm healed. That's not natural. That's supernatural. They didn't get healed from an injection or a medication or an operation or a therapy. They didn't recover. It's a miracle. It's spirit. Do you believe in such things? If you don't, you're in the wrong church. (laughs) But if you don't believe in them, you ought to change. And if this is not your church, find one like it that believes in miracles. If you don't believe in miracles, you can't even be saved. You can't even be a Christian. I don't care what anybody says. You cannot be a Christian and you don't believe in miracles. The virgin birth is a miracle. The Lord being raised from the dead is supernatural. It's a miracle. You don't believe in those two things. There ain't no way you can be saved. Simple. No way. The new birth is a supernatural thing. Isn't it? Go over to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5. And verse 16. 5.16 says, Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we had known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, or from now on, know we him no more. In other words, we don't know him after the flesh anymore. Well, if he didn't know him after the flesh, how does he know him now? After the Spirit. When Saul, Paul, who was called Saul, Did he know about Jesus after the flesh? Yeah. And he persecuted him. You understand what I'm saying? When he knew about Jesus after the flesh, he knew from the outside what he had done, and he was an enemy of Christ and an enemy of the church. But there came a time when something happened to him. He was born again. Born of the Spirit. And now the one he hated that he knew after the flesh, he began to know him now after the Spirit. Oh, can you see this? And he's saying, I've learned I'm not going to know anybody after the flesh. The Scripture said, don't judge after external or outward appearance, but judge righteous judgment. The body is a dim reflection of the inner man. It is the uh, 
instrument that your spirit expresses itself through, but it's not you. It's the suit you wear. I mean, I got on a suit of clothes, but this is not me. I'm inside here. My body's that way. Your body's that way. And so we, for us to look at your body and even look at some dumb things you say or do and just label you based on that is not true. There's more to you than that. I mean, you want somebody to be that open about you, don't you? I mean, don't judge your whole life off of one dumb fleshly thing you said. Wouldn't you like for them to realize there could be more to you than that? <laughs> there could be more to you than what just meets the eye there. Well, you want to sow that kind of seed, and that's what he's talking about. By the Spirit, he says, I, from now on, we're not going to know anybody just after the flesh. Oh, we see them, and we see the body, we see the natural, but we're more interested in their heart. What's inside there? And we don't want to just get to know the outward man, but the inner man. The inner man. And if we'll have an eye for it, the Lord will open up things to us and we'll see things about people that a lot of folk don't see. We'll get glimpses of them through his eyes. And he said, verse 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Did that happen to you? Have you been born again? A new creation. All things are passed away. All things are become new. That wasn't your body. Was it? It was your spirit. I mean, if you uh, had curly hair when you got born again, after you got born again, you still got curly hair. If you had straight hair, you still got straight hair. If you had no hair, you still have no hair. (laughs) If you were 50 years old when you got born again, the day after, you're still 50 years old in your body. I mean, your body didn't change. It was your inside. There's an inner man. There's an outer man. Most people are completely aware of the outer man, the outer shell, the outer realm. We must become more God-aware, spirit-aware, inner man-aware. Jesus operated in a whole world of this. And this is available to us. Go back to John 5. John 5. The Jews sought to destroy Jesus, to kill him, because of that healing, that miracle. And uh, Jesus said in verse 17, My Father works hitherto. And I work. That made them matter. They wanted all the more to kill him. Not only had he broken the Sabbath in their opinion. But he said God was his father. Making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said to them. Verily, verily I say to you. The son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father do. For what things soever he doeth. These also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him. Loves the Son and shows Him. 
all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these. Show him. That you may marvel. Why would they be a marveling? It's supernatural. It's spiritual. And how is it happening? This sounds like our text. If you love him, you'll keep his words. Right? And if you do that, what will happen? He will love you and he will manifest. The word manifest means reveal or show or make known. And what's he saying here? I love the Father, and I do what He tells me, and He loves me, and He shows me things. <laughs> Isn't that the Father manifesting Himself to Him and through Him? That's exactly what we're talking about. Was it spiritual? Was it supernatural? Now, go with me to... Uh, Hold your place there and go to the 14th chapter. The 14th chapter of John, verse 10. Jesus said, 14.10, Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words I speak to you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Can we do the works he did? Is that happening widespread? Not to any substantial degree. What works did he do? He taught and he preached. Not just with mental ability. With power. He ministered healing and deliverance. Didn't he? There were miracles, signs and wonders. Water turning into wine. Walking on the water. Dead being raised. Are these works of Jesus? Is it possible that we could do works of Jesus? Same kind of works. Most of the church doesn't believe this at all. They just don't. The preachers themselves, the theologians themselves, when they talk about it, when they teach about it, you hear people preaching, and it sounds good to the untrained ear. They say, Jesus, uh, he turned the... Five loaves and two fishes and fed the multitude. Glory to God. Why? Because he's the son of God. Jesus walked on the water. Yes, glory to God. Why? Because he's the son of God. That sounds good. And both of those statements are true. But it's leaving the wrong impression. It's leaving the impression that he did them because he's the son of God. And he did them as the son of God. And we're not the firstborn. We're not God divine manifested in the flesh. So if he did them like that, then there's no way we could do it or even imagine or think that we could. It leaves the wrong impression. But if, as the scripture says, he laid aside his mighty weight and power and glory and became like other men. 
Even so much so that he had to be anointed. How I many if you're operating in the omnipotence of God, you don't need to be anointed. You are the anointer. But Jesus had to be anointed, didn't he? Didn't he? When he was baptized in the river, you remember, he came up out of the river and he saw that there appeared the Holy Spirit coming on him in the bodily shape and form as a dove, heard the voice of the Father, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit came on him in power. And right after that, he began to preach like never before. He began to teach. He began to cast out demons and heal the sick and raise the dead. These are the works he did. And he said, the Father in me, he does the works. But oh, read this verse again. Read this verse again, verse 12. Verse 12. Put it up on the screen. If Jesus said it, it was true. If he said verily, it'd be true plus. If he said verily, verily. Man, we better wake up and pay attention. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes on me. Do you believe on him? He didn't say all the prophets that believe on me. All the amazing apostles that pray 12 hours a day. All the amazing ministers that can quote most of the Bible. What did he say? He that believes on me. Do you believe on him? Is that you? How many believe on him? I want to see. Do you believe on him? Then what? Does this apply to you? Read it. He that believes on me. The works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do. Shall who do? Who? One that believes on him. Is that you? You said you did. Not just for preachers. Not just for apostles. Not just for Jesus. Am I reading the Bible? Am I reading it right? The works that I do. He will do also. Oh. I'm believing for it. I'm believing. I'm believing for it. I'm believing to preach like Jesus preached. I'm believing to teach like Jesus taught. I'm believing to prophesy like Jesus prophesied. I'm believing to pray like Jesus prayed. I'm believing to minister healing and deliverance like Jesus ministered healing and deliverance. Who else should we pattern after? Had somebody write to me one time and say, well, who do you think you are? You're just trying to act like Jesus. I thought, well, I thought that was the idea. You know somebody better to act like? That is the plan. And it's not just me or just preachers that's supposed to be acting like Jesus. It's everyone that believes on Him. Is it possible for you and me to do the same kind of works He did? It is. Get it settled. Now the next question is, how did He do it? Go back to John 5. Let's touch on some things here. If we believe it can happen, how did he do it? This is closer to us than we might have thought. It's closer to our reach. It can happen easier and quicker in us and through us 
than we might have even imagined. John 5 and uh, 20. Jesus said the Father loves the Son. And does what? Shows him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him. He'll what? Show him or manifest to him or reveal to him. Greater works than these that you may marvel. Now he's referring specifically. This is what they're questioning, grilling him about, mad at him about. About that man that just got healed at the pool. Jesus said that the Father in him did that. And he said the way he did it was he showed him. Oh, friend. Can you tell we're on something here? Can you tell? Mm. We've learned a few things about faith. But without knowing this part, it's inadequate. I know some folk didn't like that, but you need to hear it. We need to hear it. Our faith cannot be separated from being led by the Spirit. And the way the Spirit leads is by showing you things and telling you things. You see things and know things and hear things. Now I'm not talking about trying to hear audible voices out here. I'm not talking about falling into a trance. It can happen much more easily than you think. Go to the 8th chapter and let's see a comparison Jesus made that can be an eye-opener to us. Why did Jesus go over there and minister to that man for him to be raised up and healed? The Father showed him that. He saw the Father Raised that man up. He heard the father say those words to the man. And the way he saw the father do it was through him. And the way he heard the father say it was through him. But it was the father doing it through him. And he just went and did what he saw. And said what he heard. And the father manifested himself. And the man was raised up and healed. Too many people have focused too much on themselves. Can I do it? Do I have enough faith to do it? Can I heal them? Can I? Let me help you with that. No. (laughs) Can I set them free? No, you can't. Not now, not ever. Mm -mm. No. Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. You don't think you're above him now, do you? Then get it settled. You can't. You can't. But he can show you things. Now in John 8, notice this. John 8 and verse 38. We hadn't got to this chapter yet, but... You know, we've already read in 14, and we've read in 8, and quoted something from 6. So, whatever year we get to that chapter, we will have already covered that part. And so we may be making more progress than you know. But John 8, boy, the religious leaders are, uh, they are fit to be tied in this chapter. There is one of the strongest, 
most heated discourses between him and them that you'll find. And uh, verse 38, he says this. Jesus said, I speak that which I have seen with my Father. He said, that's why I say what I say. Jesus said, I don't speak of myself. He didn't sit around and try to think up something smart to say. He communed with the Father, and the Father showed him things. He communed with the Father, and the Father spoke things to him. And he'd just go say it. And great things happened when he did. And he'd just go do it. And miracles happened when he did. I want to know if those works that he did are available to us. Well, this is, we'll do them the same way that he did them. He said, I speak what I have seen with my father. And he said, you do what you have seen with your father. There's only two families in the earth. Only two. Now you can divide people up in myriad of groups depending on a number of different things. But when you're talking about spiritual families, there are only two. Read this chapter carefully. See what Jesus said. And there are only two fathers. Spiritual fathers. Only two. One is the great father of all spirits. The Father God. The other is the devil. That's not my idea. That's what Jesus said. He said, you do what you've seen with your father. Boy, I made them mad. They said, Abraham's our father. (laughs) And it proceeded from there. He said, "Uh, you are of your father, the devil, in verse 44. Isn't that what he said? These were some of the most religious people of the day. And yet, he said, your father's the devil. And you're doing what you see with him. Now, what I want you to think about, these people are not having trances where they're seeing the devil. Are you with me? The enemy tries to keep people in a state of confusion. Trying to make everything spectacular. I knew I didn't speak in tongues for months and months and months that I could have been speaking in tongues because I kept trying to make it too spectacular. The gifts of the Spirit, I didn't operate for some length of time because I kept trying to make it spectacular. That God's just going to take me over and make me do something beyond myself, beside myself. We have a part to play in this. He said, you are saying and doing what you see with your Father. How were they seeing it? Well, see, they weren't just... You know, they wouldn't have called them visions per se. They weren't hearing audible voices, but they'd, something had come up in them, and they'd see it, and they'd call themselves thinking about it, and then they'd go say it. And they'd go do it, not realizing it's the enemy that's revealing it to them. And saying those, bringing those words to their mind. And when the enemy brings something to you to imagine, to tempt you, and you go do it, how many know then the devil is manifested in the sin and the destruction? These thoughts and these words, hateful words, cruel words, grudging words, whatever, come, and you think of them, and you get mad, and you ponder them, and then you go say it to somebody, and it hurts them. The devil was manifest. Destruction and death is manifest. 
And you saw it with him. And you heard it with him. It wasn't natural. It wasn't out here. It was inside. People are already doing this. With the devil. We got to learn how to do it with God. Right? We've done it some. I don't mean to imply that. We've done it some. But we can come up to a whole nother level. Where we are so aware. Of him showing us things. And saying things to us. And we just say it. Earlier in the first service, I saw this while I was preaching. I could see how this is just to be flowing through the whole family of God. All the time, everywhere, I saw a mother making her bed and doing some things. And her baby's sick over in the crib. And she's praying. Now see, here's where people have messed up. They've learned we got authority in the name of Jesus. They've learned say it and believe it and it happens. So they just go and say we do it in Jesus' name and nothing happened. And they don't realize it's because you did it in the flesh. Jesus said, I don't do anything of myself. Jesus didn't do things like that. I know this is revolutionary. Jesus said, I can of my own self. He didn't just go and say and do things. He only said what he heard. And he only did what he saw. Go to the 6th chapter. Faith is right. Confession is right. Authority in the name of Jesus is right. But there's a reason why so many are saying so much stuff and nothing's happening. We might as well be honest. People are saying all kind of stuff in Jesus' name and it's not changing a thing. Nothing's happening. People are saying stuff and they're doing stuff. They're rebuking. They're binding. They're saying. And it's just... Dead. Why? John 6, 63. 6, 63. Jesus said, what did he say? It is the Spirit that quickens, that gives life. Oh, that makes the change. That brings the power. The Spirit that quickens, the flesh, prophets, Nothing. You can scream. You can sweat. You can pound your fist. You can do everything you want to do. And if it's just you and something you decided to do, it's flesh. It means nothing. It'll come. I don't care if you're quoting scriptures. But. And see, the reason this is a problem is because so many times folks don't want to live right. They don't want to live holy. They don't want to live close to the Lord. They want to live carnal. They want to live fleshy, but then they want to, if they need something, they want to do the spiritual thing. But they're trying to do spiritual things in the flesh. This is a big book. All of this is true. You don't do all of this every time something comes up. When something comes up, what do we need to do? What part of this applies? How do I do it? What way do I do it? Is it rebuke in mind? Is it loose? Is it prayer of agreement? Is it anoint with oil? Is it laying on of hands? Is it praise my way through? Is it shout my way through? Is it pray in tongues? What is it? All of that's right. But all of it's not right at the same time for one thing. Well, I'll just pick one. Well, it'll be in the flesh. <laughs> and it won't mount anything. But if 
If we'll learn how to pay attention to the greater one on the inside us. If we'll take a minute and watch and look and pray. If we'll stay out of sin. So we can stay clear headed. Are you listening? And stay close to God. And wait just a minute. He'll show us. And we'll see ourselves praying a certain way. We'll hear ourselves dealing with that a certain way. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. And now we can have faith. Now we'll say that. And we'll do that. And oh, it'll be in the Spirit. And it'll quicken. And things will move. And things will change. Friends, we're having a breakthrough this morning. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Oh, hallelujah. This is a mark for us. I said this is a mark for us. Glory to God. Can we do the same kind of works Jesus did? Yes. How? By the Spirit. We've got to see and hear like He did in the Spirit. And then by faith, we've got to say what we heard and do what we saw. Now here's two keys. Uh, One key, I should say. Two verses that talk about it. Go to Matthew 5. You've got a minute, don't you? I'm just about there, but... If you are interested in this, then you are interested right now in seeing and hearing. Don't over-spectacularize it. Don't try to make yourself hear audible voices. Don't try to fall into trances and have open visions. We touched on this. These people were seeing and hearing things from the devil. They weren't having open visions. They weren't hearing audible voices. And yet they were seeing and hearing things on the inside, but it was coming from the devil. But here is such a big key. In Matthew 5, you don't necessarily have to turn there, but Matthew 5 and 8, I believe it is. Put it up on the screen for us. And then we'll go in quickly to Hebrews 12. Matthew 5 and 8. What does that say? Blessed are the what? Pure in heart. For what? They'll go to heaven. Uh Uh-huh. So people have changed that. And made it say something it didn't say. What did it say? What did it say? You'll see God in the sweet by and by when you get to heaven. You see how religion and tradition has warped our thinking? What did it say? You'll what? See God. Don't add to it. Don't take from it. What does it mean? You'll see God. Do you want to see Him? You want to wait till you get to heaven to see him or you want to see some things now of him and hear some things of him now? What's a factor? Pure, pure in heart. Go to Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with all men and what? Holiness without which no man shall what? See the Lord. Is holiness a key? Oh, and this is why the devil works night and day to tempt. It's not just so he can say, goody, goody, got you to sin. Another word for holiness is separation. And this is also what sin does. Separates. 
The enemy would separate us from the seeing and hearing of God. And in effect, lock us in this flesh. And we'll be of no threat to him. Because the flesh profits nothing. And he could care less about our little flesh. And our screaming and our hollering and our whining and our crying means nothing to him. If he can keep us out of the spirit. If he can keep us from operating by the greater one that's inside of us. And you know what can do that effectively? Sin. Defilement dulls. Sin separates. This is the problem. The more you feed on junk, you think about stuff you shouldn't think on, you talk stuff you shouldn't talk, you watch stuff you shouldn't watch, you listen to stuff you shouldn't listen to, you do stuff you shouldn't do, what's happening? It dulls you. It defiles you. It separates you from this seeing and hearing. And locks you in the limitations of this flesh. And that's why so many Christians are so helpless. And they're so miserable. Because even though we're called to be more than conquerors. Even though the greater one lives inside us. And the authority in the name of Jesus is ours. The flesh profits nothing. But if we separate ourselves from what defiles, we're not only separating ourselves from something, we're separating ourselves to. Oh, come on, can you see? Can you see it? And when we pull away from that and we draw near to Him, He responds. He, he draws near to us. And now what was dull and indistinct becomes clear. Oh, hallelujah, and plain. What was fuzzy and obscure to us because of our carnal dullness now becomes obvious and plain. See, because Jesus didn't walk in sin and defilement, and He didn't disobey and He wasn't rebellious, when the Father spoke to Him, there was zero confusion in His spirit about None. He knew it was the Father. He knew what it was. It was plain and clear. And it can be plain and clear to us. It can be plain and clear to us. I don't know where he was. Around those five porches. He was doing something. He was on his way. Or coming back. And as he was. He saw something. Maybe he saw it earlier that morning praying. Or the night before. I don't know. But he saw himself walk over to that porch. He saw that man. That had been 38 years. In that condition. He heard himself say. Will you be made whole? <laughs> he maybe he heard what the man said. And then he heard himself say, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And he saw the man get up. And he wasn't confused about it. And he wasn't wondering about it. He knew it was the Father. And so he marched right over there in faith. And he looked at that man. Yeah, just like he saw before in the Spirit. He said, will you be made whole? And just like that, everything happened. The man jumped up, glory to God, gloriously healed and whole. And when all the religious people got upset about it, he said, look, my father shows me these things. And I just go do them. And they happen. And then before the book got through, he said, the same works I'm doing, you can do too. And they can just keep getting greater and greater. If he was here continuing, they would have kept getting greater and greater. But he left. 
He didn't come to do that forever. He came to show us how to do it. And then he came to be our example and our sacrifice. And now it's up to us to carry on. And it's supposed to spread throughout the whole earth. We're supposed to be a holy people. A separated people. That live right and love God. And commune with him. Not just fleshly but spiritual. Mamas. Daddies. Everybody. Not just preachers. Young people, teenagers, praying and hearing things and seeing things. And they hear themselves say that and they see themselves do this and they just go do it. And miracles happen. Miracles happen. Miracles happen. It's already begun in our midst. And if we'll stay with this and pursue it, then it'll get stronger and greater. Tonight and tomorrow and the days to come. The Lord checks you. Don't do that. Lay that aside. Leave that alone. Would it behoove you to do it? Oh, 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 do it. Do it. Why? Because he's grooming you. He's helping you make the adjustment to get to where you can hear. And you can see. He says, no, don't do that. Don't run over there and waste all your time. Come over here and get quiet with me for an hour or two. That's not hard. That's not hard. Just get over there and relax and get quiet and, and close your eyes. Turn all the stuff off and, and just get quiet. Don't try to drum up something. Don't try to give yourself some experience. You can't. Just get quiet with Him. Just get quiet with Him. Don't try to make it spectacular. Don't try to hear voices or see angels. Just get quiet and start focusing on the inside. Things will begin to come to your mind. Things will begin to come. And before you realize it, you'll be seeing. And you'll be knowing. You'll be hearing glory. And you get used to that. It can become a way of life. Jesus lived like this day and night. He lived like this day and night. And he always did what pleased the Father. Stand on your feet, everybody. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Lift up your hands. Oh, thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Close your eyes. Pray this out loud with me. Father God, anything, everything I've been doing that has dulled me from seeing and hearing, knowing you, reveal it to me. Even if you've already shown me, and I ignored it, I ask for mercy, show me again, make it plain to me. I ask for grace and strength to put the flesh under, to resist sin and temptation, to draw nigh to you, to seek you and see you. And hear you in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Just lift up your hands. Begin to praise him and begin to thank him. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.